Well, the gyms are busy again. Personally, I think it's a good thing. Nearly two-thirds of adults in the United States make commitments to better health and fitness as one of their New Year's resolutions. Of those, around 73% will move on before meeting their goal. They'll stop. On average, people who set fitness resolutions at the beginning of the year say they've also given up on them in the past. Some said they found it too difficult to follow a workout regimen. Others say that it's too hard to get back on track once they fall off. And others say they just don't have the time. Nearly half of the people who do give up on their workout regimen at the beginning of the year give up within six weeks or less. As someone who goes to the gym regularly and quite a bit, I can tell you there's always that influx. There's always that concentration of people who come just after the first of the year. And I know some regular gym goers who get frustrated with it, but I'm delighted by it. I love it. And the reason I do is that even though most people don't stick with it, the good news is that if the statistics are correct, that 27% of the folks do stick with it. And I say hurrah for the 27%. There'd be nothing to stick to if you never started. Starting is not the hard part. We start things all the time. I don't know how many books I've started, but if it doesn't pull me in fairly quickly, I'll end up putting it aside, promising myself that I'll pick it up again one day and give it another shot. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I do the same thing sometimes when I'm streaming a movie or watching television. If it doesn't grab me in the first couple of minutes, I'll look for something else. It's easy to put the book down. It's easy to change the channel. With countless other options, why invest in something you don't enjoy? And by the way, most of you younger folks won't understand, but we watched some pretty bad television back in the day before there were remote controls. We just didn't want to get up and change the channel. <laughs> I started writing this sermon several times. Then after I started, I started all over again several times. I don't know if it happens to Marcia and Pam and other preachers. I suspect it does. But sometimes I start with a thought or a message in mind. And then as it all begins to come together, it ends up going in a completely different direction. What you're hearing right now is not what I started out to say. Starting is easy. We do it all the time. We get up every morning and we start a new day. We get to start a new week every seven days. The month starts all over again about every four weeks or so. Then every 365 days, every 52 weeks, every 12 months, we get a new year and the opportunity to make some big new starts. But it's often true that new things can't start until old ones are finished. Nature knows this. Nature is aware of the seasons. Today couldn't start until yesterday was over. The same thing for new, a new week, a new month, and a new year. And I don't think we've ever been more excited to see an old year end. I don't know if you felt it, but I did. I sensed a new optimism as we flipped our calendars. There was a sense of accomplishment, of survival. 
There was a collective sigh when we went from 2020 to 2021. Now, I know that all that really happened was Thursday became Friday, and everything that was worrying and concerning to us the day before didn't disappear the next day. But there was something symbolic in the moment, something that told us we made it. And now we have the chance to start with fresh hope and new strength. 2020 was hard on just about all of us, one way or another. We'll remember it for a lot of reasons, most of them not so good, but not all of them will be bad. Personally, I became a G-Paw four times this year. The fourth grandchild was born this year. To me, my new grandson Trevor will always be the best thing to happen in 2020. Marcia, Pam, and I presided over several weddings this past year, even in the midst of a pandemic. Those couples will lovingly remember 2020 as the time they made their ultimate commitment. 2020 marked the 100th anniversary of the passage of the 19th Amendment. That meant it was the first time that a centenarian woman could cast a vote, ever. And they did. Did they ever? Victor J. Glover Jr. in the year 2020 became the first black astronaut to embark on a long-term stay at the International Space Station. It was about time, wasn't it? Big news, Dolly Parton released a new Christmas album last year. What else is there? And she donated a million dollars to COVID vaccine research. You go, Dolly. There were some good things that happened in 2020. There were lots of good things that happened in 2020. And if you don't believe me, just Google good news stories in 2020 and you'll find lists and lists and lists of them. There were dozens of wonderful, uplifting stories that kept our hopes alive as we worked our way through the pandemic. And we did our best to enjoy them while we waited anxiously for the new year to get here. We were ready for a new start. We were ready for new days, new opportunities, new moments, new expectations. We were, we are ready to celebrate the start of something new. The Bible is full of people who were desperate for a new start. And what a wonderful occasion when they were able to find just what they needed. Remember the Samaritan woman that Jesus met at the well? Her long life of rejection and hopelessness got a new start with a short conversation with Jesus on a regularly dreadful day. You heard about the demoniac who encountered Jesus. It's hard to imagine a more incredible change, a more drastic start. There was a woman who'd been living in rejection for 12 years because of a medical condition. Then she met Jesus and got a new start. Lazarus got a new life and his sisters, Mary and Martha, got new opportunities with their brother. Every one of the disciples stopped what they were doing and started all over again with Jesus. The Bible is full of people who had the chance to begin again. They all had opportunities to start again and to celebrate the start of something new. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is about a dad and his two sons who were very different from one another. We often refer to it as the story of the prodigal son. It was actually a lesson story that we read about in the book of Luke 
a parable that Jesus shared with his disciples, some religious leaders and some others one day. From the book of Luke we read that Jesus told this parable. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Dad, I don't want to wait any longer. I'd like to have my share of property now, please. So the dad divided his property between his sons and gave the younger one his portion. A few days later, the son gathered all his belongings and left for a far-off country. It wasn't long before he'd squandered everything he had on living large and reckless living. Now, with no money, a severe famine arose, and he found himself in desperate need. So he went and got a job feeding pigs. He was in a bad place, and no one was willing to help him out. He got so hungry at one point that he actually thought about stealing food from the pigs. Then he said to himself, Hey, here I am literally about to starve, and how many of Dad's hired servants have more than enough to eat? I'll just go back home and plead my case. I'll say, Dad, I've screwed up, and I know I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But if you'll hire me, I'd like to get a job here, and you can treat me as one of your workers. So the boy headed home to see his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and his heart melted. He ran as fast as he could, and he embraced his son, and he held him, and he kissed him. And the son said, Dad, I've messed up bad, and I know I'm not worthy of your love. But the dad stopped him right there and said to his servants, Run, grab the best robe you can find, and let's put it on him. While you're at it, put a ring on those beat-up hands and some good shoes on those exhausted feet. Bring the best meat we have and let's have a party. This son of mine we thought for sure was dead as alive. This last lost boy has been found. And so they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he got closer to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he asked one of the workers what was going on. The worker said, Your brothers come back home safe and sound and your dad is over the moon delighted. But the older brother was angry and refused to go in to join the celebration. So his dad came out and tried to explain things to him. But the son dug in. Look, you gave him a party and the best meat we had. All these years I've been right here. Not once have I disobeyed you. And you've never given me as much as a young goat so that I can celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours goes out and wastes your hard-earned money on parties and prostitutes. He shows back up and you give him the best you have. The dad said, son, I don't know what I could have done without you. You've always been here with me. You know that everything I own is yours. But we thought for sure that we'd lost your brother for good. And now he's back home. He's come looking for a new start. And we're able to give it to him. If there ever was one, that's the best reason I know to celebrate. What a beautiful story. It touches my heart every time. I know that some of you are dealing with incredibly difficult situations right now. You'd love to start a new job if you could find one. Your old car is on its last few miles and you'd love to have something more reliable if you could afford it. More than anything, 
You'd love to be able to pick up and start over somewhere. But the circumstances won't allow it. I wish there was a word of counsel or a piece of advice that would eliminate those barriers. I wish there was a thing you could do to get past the things that keep you from starting fresh. But I believe in my heart that all of us, if nothing else, have the opportunity to start thinking like new. We have the chance to hope and to dream. We can begin by being intentional about the things we expose ourselves to. We can make changes to our thinking and to our spirit simply by starting each day in a meaningful way. Even if it means setting your alarm a few minutes early. Get up each morning and allow yourself to meditate on the goodness of God through the night. Maybe you just pause for a moment of gratefulness for very simple things. If it does for you what it does for me, it'll be a good start to your day. And it'll be a moment that you can look forward to each morning. I've read so many times the story of the prodigal son. I get angry with him for being so insensitive to his father's love. Then I feel sorry for his situation and I'm, I'm glad he was finally able to find his way back home and was able to start over again. I think about the older brother who'd honored his father and had been faithful to him but was reluctant to allow his brother some grace and a place back at the family table. I think about the father. I probably think about him more than all the others. I think about him laying down at night worrying about his youngest boy. I think about him waking up every morning and scanning the horizon for any sign of his beloved son. Then one last look each night before he lays down his head. I imagine him asking around when he goes into town if anyone's seen the one, this boy that he loves so much. I get giddy at the thought of him during one of his many pauses in the day to take a look, catching his breath and grabbing the skirt of his garment as he runs with everything in him to finally squeeze his arms around the son who had all the stench and grime of working in a pig pen. I know some of us can relate to the experiences of that young son. I know I can. But can we pause for a moment and consider the joy of this parent must have felt at the sudden opportunity to start over again. We have that opportunity to start over again. A good friend of mine is an incredible singer, songwriter, pastor, down in Alabama, a guy named Jeff Steele. Jeff is really in tune with the Spirit of God when he sits down and puts pen to paper with the lyrics of a song. Several years ago, he wrote a song based on this story in the book of Luke. The song is called The Prodigal's Dad. We tend to focus on that youngest son, his journey at home, away from home, in the pig's pen, and back home. And we're delighted that he made it back. But I want you to listen for a moment to this story from another perspective, from that of the prodigal's dad.
Thanks for listening to the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. 
During the pandemic, we meet online on our Facebook page, on our YouTube channel, and on our website. You can find out more at bluegrasschurch.org.